Welcome to the Authentic Faith Podcast with Andrea John. On today's podcast, we'll be talking about imagination with our guest, David Salazar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode on the Authentic Faith Podcast. Today, we're gonna explore imagination. As you all know, I have lots of questions, and one of the questions that I've come to explore over the last several years is really imagination and how we use our imagination and where does it come from? Is it good, is it bad? You know, what's the deal? So on today's show, we have a special guest. His name is David Salazar, and he's a friend of mine. He's a pastor, um, and he participates in lots of ministries. But he's also a creator, an artist. He's really like, I love the way his brain works. Um, And he has a revelation on imagination that I find amazing. So I thought, why would I even try to talk about this if David really is the best one? to share with us. Before we get started, I want to talk to you a little bit about why we're even talking about this. As you guys know, my book, The Journey, is coming out on Tuesday. So Tuesday morning, you can wake up, head over to Amazon, and you'll be able to order the print version, Kindle, or audio, whatever you prefer. You can head on there and buy the book. Um, Within the book, obviously, is content that I write, but the scriptures are written right within the book. So you, it just makes it easy access. And one of the chapters is about how God is creator. And we explore the foundations of who God is because who God is matters. We've already talked on the podcast about how God is love that is foundational and fundamental to who he is. And last week, in terms of God as creator, we discussed the power of words and how words matter. And just as God is creator and used his words in a powerful way to create we also have the ability because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And like that is imagination. God has an imagination. Well, Andrea, why are you saying that? Well, when we look in uh, the book of Genesis, we see that God created the world, the universe, everything that we know in existence. Before I read from Genesis and bring David on, I'd like to read a little excerpt from the book, from the chapter on how God is creator. And this is from mile two, God is creator, because we're on a journey. And this trail is called the Agape Trail, where we're discovering who God is. And I say, love's creation is beautiful. Unfortunately, we often only take a moment to appreciate it when we see a mountain, a canyon, or waterfall, because they're breathtakingly beautiful and majestic. But we live in God's creation every day. Much more extraordinary is the fact that we are also God's creation. The majesty of a mountain, the power of a waterfall, and the beauty of a sunrise do not compare to the creation of humanity. All of the things created by love are incredible works of art, but the genius of creation is humankind. We are made in the image and likeness of love. That cannot be said about any other creature or creation of love. You and I are created in the image and likeness of God. And so many people are looking to discover who they are, what their identity is. And the only way to do that is to really understand who God is. So that's why we start on the Agape Trail, to understand who God is. In Genesis, so right in my book, I don't even have to grab my Bible. I have the scriptures, Genesis 1 and 2. And I'm just going to read a verse to, to kind of get the conversation flowing. 
But it says, then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that's what happened. God called, this was what we talked about last week with the power of words. God called the dry ground land and the water seas and God saw it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plant and tree that grows seed bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. So God was creating all these things and he spoke them into existence. But it's obvious that before that, God was thinking and creating and imagining what it was. Now, imagination has been um, kind of taught in funky ways. And I think in a lot of our circles, we see that it has a negative connotation. And David and I are going to bust that lie a little bit. So we're, I'm going to bring David on. So let's uh, welcome David. So this is my first time doing this. So let's bring David on. Hi, David. Oh, let me unmute you. Hold on. Unmute. There we go. There we go. Hi, Hello. David. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. And I know you're busy. So I just want to thank you for uh, joining all of us and taking time out of your busy day. Oh, thank you for having me on here. This is a, a very awesome opportunity. Yeah. So um, David is part of Jesus House and he's married to the amazing Olivia, who is pregnant and they're about yes. expecting a baby. So the baby will be emerging into the world very soon. God's working working yep. still. <laughs> um, and David actually taught on imagination at a supernatural living intensive that we did, which is part of Jesus house. Um, and he did such an amazing job. And I share that video like all the time. I've used it for lots of different things. And I just thought instead of sharing that, that we would bring David on to bring some freshness to that message. Because I also know that David, this is like something you explore all the time is imagination. It's kind of like your realm. Yeah. So um, with imagination, one of the things in that video is we you start off by saying how imagination is looked at as like an immature thing, right? Like a make-believe thing. And that's why some, some believe that it's not, you know, godly or whatever. Yes. So I just want to start off with this. When I look up the definition of imagination in the Oxford Dictionary, there's two definitions. Uh, one is, they're both nouns. One of them is the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. And the second is the ability of the mind to be creative or resourceful. So in none of those, and when you explore imagination, nothing is saying it's pretend. Yeah. It's not, you know, so um, why don't you start off by explaining to us what is imagination? Like, how would you define imagination? Yeah, so um, I think we'll start with this because obviously we read the world's definition. So let, now let's, Very read good. The, <laughs> let's read the kingdom definition. So. Um, the more I began to study this and look into it, it really just showed me that uh, it proves the word of God to be true. Um, so 11, uh, Hebrews 11, 1 says, I'm going to read down to about verse 4. Um, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is unproved still what is unseen. This is the testimony of our faith, 
of what was previously unseen, I'm sorry, previously generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see what the universe was to see that the universe was created beautifully and coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke in the invisible realm, gave birth to all that is seen. So I like I like the way that this is the Passion Translation, by the way, so it's a little more wordy, but uh, it really makes me wonder that, that obviously we're created in God's image, so therefore he has an imagination just like he gave us. Um, I mean, you walk around our world that you see, and I can't help but wonder, you know, everything that is tangible in this world that has been created by human beings um, started as a thought, started as an inspiration, started as a dream or uh, a conversation, and then was brought into reality. And so it's interesting that you you go back to Genesis and you, you wonder, like, you know, what what was that like with, with the Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as they're co-collaborating co and and bringing things into existence, you know, um, how they were inspiring each other and how um, these ideas are what was in their heart from love and then brought that into reality. Awesome. Can you repeat where you read that again? Yeah, so that was from Hebrews 11, 1 through 4. Um, and that was in the passion translation. Okay, awesome. So how do, so obviously, like you were saying, everything that we see created at some point was a thought Yeah. that happened in our imagination. So imagination, which is why I kind of like the definition that I saw in, in the Oxford dictionary, because it's almost like it's, it's a, it's thoughts, right? It's kind of yeah. like you're creating something. And when Jesus said in the, in uh, the sermon on the Mount, Matthew five through seven, he pretty, it, that whole sermon is really, Hey, what matters is what's in your heart. Yeah. And it's not just about you going and sleeping with someone who's not your spouse. You thinking on it, you marinating on it, you, you know, you taking the time to imagine it. Yeah. is really where the sin lives yeah. because the only way it's going to come out and become a real physical thing is if it starts in your heart first. Yeah. And that's really. Yeah. I, I recently heard somebody teaching and they, they describe it as the, the mind is, is fertile ground and whatever you plant in that ground is going to grow. And so, like you said, he was addressing the soil. He was addressing the heart of the right. issue. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I look at certain movies or I look at certain things that you see out there and you're like, somebody, somebody created that. Somebody thought of that and something instilled that, that thought into their imagination, into their heart, which created the, you know, the inspiration to bring that forth. Well, and like there's good imagination, there's also bad imagination. Because yeah. like what you just said, there's times where I've seen a show or a movie and I'm like, whoa, whoever thought this up is so 
twisted. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like, so it's both. And I do address in the book about how intentions matter because ultimately what's coming into us, what we're feeding ourselves with is what's going to come out because our heart is a spring head, the fountainhead of life. So if you're feeding yourself or even imagination, dwelling on things, thinking of things, imagining things, creating things that aren't essentially good, right? You're, you're, it, it, there's something you've been filling yourself up with. So if your imagination goes dark or sexual or whatever, right, in a bad yeah. way, it's probably because you've been filling yourself up with something yeah. and that impacts your imagination. Is that true? Yeah, I totally, I totally believe that's true. So one day when I was driving, um, the Lord spoke this to me. He said, when surrendered to Jesus, the human imagination becomes the landing strip a doorway and an available vessel for revelation of the kingdom of heaven to land upon, pass through and fill up. So I had to write it down. Cause I was like, that was way too good. I did not come up with that, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I remember like, that. And everybody's like, Whoa, can you repeat? Yeah. So repeat it again, David, repeat so, it. Cause it's good okay. stuff. So this is what the Lord told me. He says, when surrendered to Jesus, the human imagination becomes a landing strip, a doorway, and an available vessel for the revelation of the kingdom of heaven to land upon, pass through, and fill up. So our imagination, he he blessed us with such a beautiful, powerful tool. And it's from that. It's like, this is why he tells us in Romans uh, 2.12, is it 12.2? You know, renew your mind. Renew your mind because from that, comes everything that you do, everything that you say, everything that you feel. I want to read it. Where is it? Here it is. Stop imitating the ideas, opinions, and culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And so I think people get afraid when they even think about the thought of entertaining their imagination, entertaining their thoughts. And it, it takes me back to when I first really seriously started taking my journey of, of hearing God's voice. It was such a foreign thing to me. I'm like, how, how is it audible? Is it like a written letter? Is it, he got email me, you know, how does this work? <laughs> and then I came back to imagination. I kept coming back to that. And I'm like, well, how, you know, because most people think, well, that stops when you're, I don't know, eight, nine, 10. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, it's the renewing of the mind and, and, and testing it to see, you know, is this inspiration of God? Is this idea that I'm having, are these, these thoughts that I'm having, where are they coming from? And does it benefit the kingdom? Does it benefit the flesh? Does it benefit just myself? That's good. And I'm glad you mentioned that because even within our imagination, when we do use it, it's really about making sure that it's submitted, which is what I always say, right? We have to submit everything to theology, which in essence is who God is. So whether it's philosophy, you know, philosophy is basically just thinking, rationalization, 
or it's art or imagination or whatever, whatever that is must submit to theology, must submit to who God is. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's what causes some people to fear is if we're allowing people to flow in their imagination, what if their imagination takes them into a dark place or a false place? So do you have any advice on that? Like, how do we balance it? So it's not like, cause I've seen people use their imagination, even in like Sozo sessions, sometimes I've seen it go a little bit too far where now you're like, I don't know if that's real or made up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. do you have any advice on that? Yeah, I think, cause we have to find hope in it. And so if things that are coming into our minds are not bringing hope, then that's something that we need to pray, pray about and ask the Holy Spirit to, to show us what is causing this, show us what is inspiring the negative thoughts. Because I think most people, their imagination has become corrupt or just more negative focused. It's like uh, an analogy I've heard is like you go to the ATM and you log in and, you know, you don't have as much money as you thought right away you can just picture like the gray clouds come over you and you know everything just turns dark or i'm gonna lose my house my car yes <laughs> yes and you you start to literally picture these things though scientists have researched and they've come to the conclusion that each sound each word in our world connects to a a picture in someone's mind and so unfortunately, you know, I, I didn't, there was negative things in my childhood and certain things do trigger, trigger that negative reoccurrence in your mind. But like, like it says here, we have to be diligent to, to allow the Holy Spirit to re recalibrate that re reprogram that so that he can start to introduce his hope and, 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 uh, infiltrate our minds to imagine you know like even when you read through the gospels take time to stop and, and just try to just try to picture that you know picture what that looked like and that's why i love things like the chosen series or or other you know artwork because it really it really allows your mind to try to picture that like what was that like to be that man in front of Jesus when, when he was speaking to him, you know, when he told the man to get up and walk, when he, when he spit in the mud and wiped it on the man's eyes, like what, what did that look like? You know, and what that, did that feel like, what did that feel yeah. like? And then you start to like picture, okay, like what did it smell like? They're like, what did Jesus smell like? Like, you know, and, and it really, at least for me, it starts to build hope and reminds me of of the type of things i need to focus on yeah and that's great so i tend to use i always say like i use peace as a measurement um hope is another great measurement peace hope and love right and the greatest of them is love because it's what's going to endure um right. and it's really the message of my life and even when we do my story on the podcast on sundays it's really about that it's infusing people with hope yeah. Because there's so many messages out there, even being offered by 
fellow Christians, brothers and sisters that leave you with a sense of hopelessness, hmm. almost like you've become a victim of some sort. And to me, yeah, I agree with you. I think hope is that measurement. Do you, whenever you're imagining something, is it leading you to a place where you can overcome, where you can be victorious? So in essence, science has proven, okay, science has proven that humans are wired for love. And the two, and they use the word energy because that's the only word that there is for them to describe what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. There's love is actually the strongest force yep. in existence. And in opposition to that is fear. And no matter what emotion, so let's say you have negative, toxic, whatever emotions, usually they're all rooted in fear somehow whether it's pain or anguish or guilt or whatever, right? It's all rooted in that place. So when I imagine, so for example, when I, let's use the ATM example so that we can make this practical for people. You realize, oh my gosh, I'm negative in my account. For some reason, we've accepted that it's okay for us to imagine us losing our house, losing our car, living under a bridge. Oh my gosh, the world's over. I'm going to be like, next I'm going to lose my job. Then I'm going to get sick. Like we allow our thoughts to run that way, which is really imagination. Yeah. Yet to think about, let's imagine God or Jesus, you know, walk with him. What does he want for us when it's focused on the Bible and what the Bible's saying, right? So Jesus said that we would have an abundant life. Yeah. He said he came to bring us peace that surpasses logical thinking, yeah. that he'd give us unspeakable joy and love. So when we imagine that for our lives and what that could possibly look like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's only going to lead us into good places because this morning I even post, I made a post about how there's so much focus on doing and we forget about the being and everyone's trying to manage their behavior when the reality is that there's evidence that shows 97% of behavior modification and self-help approaches fail. Yeah. So why? Because we're so focused on what we're doing. Yeah. Yep. I have found in using my imagination and encountering God and getting revelation through imagination. Cause like I said, I'm very logical. So I, I see in pictures and put things together, like very engineering. Right. Yeah. So when I do that, it's leading me to this place that's closer to God. And I've come to know him more yeah. intimately, deeply, and authentically through my imagination. And it's led me into more freedom and more hope, which is why yeah. I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Because it's really opened up the door, even for me to experience God himself, because imagination doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. Imagination just means it hasn't existed yet or it's in a whole other realm. Yeah. Because yeah. Sometimes you can use like we've used our imagination, right? Like uh, the video that we have where you teach on imagination, Mike then walks people through having an encounter with Jesus Yeah. where you know, the reality is you and I, we could teach and we could spend 30 minutes sharing something with someone. But if someone can just get in front of Jesus yeah, and they hear him say something for a second, it could change your whole life. Yeah. 
You know, and that's really what imagination can do. It can lead you into this place where you encounter Jesus so authentically and real where it's not pretend it really happens. Which, which makes me just kind of wonder, uh, is our imagination really just our doorway into the spirit? Um, I remember times, uh, I think it was with you, we, we were worshiping once and everyone started to smell this like sweet aroma, like these beautiful flowers, you know? And I wonder like, is that, is that us opening ourselves through our imagination into the spirit and God allowing us to experience things, you know, or in worship. Uh, sometimes I kind of like picture myself. I don't It's hard to describe it. Like I picture myself opening like my heart, like physically, yeah. like opening these like French doors kind of. <laughs> and then there's like this open exchange. intimacy. Yes. Exchange. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, like I said, it can be a little uh, different or, or make you nervous to talk about these things. But again, if it's being proven by the spirit and by the word of God, I believe it is from God, you know. Yep. I mean, we're supposed to judge things by their fruit, right? And sometimes fruit doesn't come right away. Sometimes it takes time. Yeah. Um, whenever Mike and I encounter something that's a little like someone opposing or someone coming against, I've learned from God to just be consistent and be faithful and seek to please him. And over time, those who are really living their lives for God, yeah. when they see the fruit that's coming out, then they will change opinions. And and that's happened to us. But fruit is not gifting, right? I'm not talking about how many miracles we're doing, how many people we're talking. No, I'm talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control, right? That's fruit. So whenever there's something, like even over over the last few months, I've been learning a lot of things from a scientific perspective, And I've not yet taught it publicly because I'm still testing out the fruit. What's it? What? So what is it producing? What is it producing? Like I know in me, I'm saying, oh, wow, this is so freeing or whatever. But I need to kind of live it out a little bit to really realize the fruit because I'm an adventurer. Like I'm a pioneer. I go off and I have no qualms. It doesn't threaten my faith. I don't get afraid about going the wrong way because Jesus has whacked me over the head plenty of times saying, okay, enough of this one. Go back over there. Go, go. (laughs) You've gotten what you need. Go, go, go. And I'm not afraid. And I know some people can be, and it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just, we all have different gifts and callings and all that. So I'm kind of going down this path now where I'm like, okay, let me, let me, see what this produces. And I'm super excited about the potential of this because it really goes into what you're talking about, really dives deep into imagination. Um, There is a uh, doctor, I don't remember if he's a psychiatrist or psychologist or both, I don't know. Um, But he talks about, he refers to imagination as the love screen Hmm. because we're all built with it. We're yeah. all built with imagination. Why? Because we're made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, we're made to look like and be like God. So yeah. if God had an imagination when he created the world, we have an imagination. Yes. And that imagination has the power to create. Yeah. 
you know? So it's like all that, like you said, like this book, you know, like my chair, like everything we see, somebody imagined that, like, think about Jesus when he went to create a table, like, let's say if he, he made a table, I'm not saying he did, it's not in the Bible. I'm just using creative liberty here. Right. So he just went to go create a table before he did that. He had to imagine what he wanted it to look like so he could know how to cut it, yeah. where to start, what kind of wood he was going to use, what tools he was going to need. So it all happened in the imagination. Yeah. Problem is that imagination has been hijacked. Yes. And then out of fear, people have allowed the hijack and said, well, if if these people have hijacked imagination and used it for evil, then we have to throw it all out. Yeah. But then you're throwing out an essence of God that's so vital to who he is and who we are. Definitely. You know, and it's because that's what the enemy is going to do. He's going to take things and distort it and pervert it and try to put his label on it. But I like what you're saying, because even if you go back to like the Gospels, um, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he'd always tell them, you know, I do what I see my father doing. And you really think about that, like, well, how did Jesus see what the father was doing if he's here in front of the disciples? You know, Um, I think it mentions it. uh, Oh, no, that's a different one. But he like he, he, he says many times that, you know, he does what the father does. And that's why he Mm -hmm. tells it to them or shows it to them. And so I think it's the same way with us. You know, we do we can we can see what jesus is doing or what he wants to do when we submit ourselves to him oh absolutely and there is a lot of saying like uh what you were mentioning you know smells and things always have an image and one of the things that i've been learning is that when we feel some like every thought is tied to and or filtered to a memory which is an image and that image is tied to an emotion Mm -hmm. and that's what creates perception yes because although we could say something is real something happened the question then becomes it's not about whether that happens about is your perception of what happened reality yes or is it your perception right yeah so all of that is tied to pictures and words and feelings and thoughts. And we're one being right body, soul, spirit. There's no distinction. If you pull away any aspect of that, we cease to exist as human beings. You remove the body. We cease to exist. You remove the soul. We cease to exist, right? Or the spirit. So it's everything works together. So if God created us in his image and likeness to look and be like him, yeah, we're in this body that's limited on this earth. Yes. But even still, he said, I'm creating them in my image and likeness. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and even think about, so it's not like, I don't know if God looks like a human. We don't know that, yeah. right? But we know yeah. that he's spirit. Yeah. But it's kind of like at some point you have to realize he did imagine yeah. what human would look like because it says that God didn't just speak humans into existence. He actually formed us. Yeah. Right. And then, and I have this in my book too. And then Eve, 
he didn't just speak her into existence. He literally like gave Adam some anesthesia. You got to get knocked out a little bit. <laughs> and then he pulled something out of Adam to then form the woman. Yeah. So that's why I, to me, humankind is God's most extraordinary creation yes. because he didn't just, the scriptures say he didn't just speak us into existence. He formed and designed us. Yeah. And David says in Psalms, how he knit us together, you know, while we were still in our mother's womb and his intricate design of what we look like. I mean, when you read Psalm 139, yeah. that expression that David gives of his view of God. Yeah. And it's like the most fascinating thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so many examples of that all throughout, all throughout scripture. And I, I even think of like the, the vast amount of cultures. And I think when you can get to a certain uh, point of like maturity and, and you can really start to look at people and see the beauty in them because you know that like they're just a, they're just an image of God's love and just passion for his people you know you start to just look at people and you notice you know their blue eyes or their freckles or the the way their hair is is and how it's different from everybody else you know even think of like our fingerprints like right no one has the same fingerprint that's amazing that is you know? amazing and uh with so many people <laughs> yeah and it just it makes you wonder how how vast and how deep his imagination is mm -hmm. it's just it's so intricate and beautiful and full yeah and so much time spent on it it really is a beautiful thing and is you know i consider myself a creator um i create differently from you like my daughter anna she's an artist, yeah. Um, but her art, art, her creations are different from mine. I tend to be more of a builder. Yeah. So if someone comes to me with an idea or I have an idea, I know how to create that thing, you know, yeah. make it into something. So it's a little bit of a different spin on creation, but, but it all goes back to the same thing. I yeah. imagine what it could be. Yeah. But again, like it says, in Hebrews, it's it's all an active process of of you you get this inspiration, you picture it, and then you pull it like it's almost like you're pulling it into reality, right? Through faith, you're pulling it into reality, and it can look different ways. Like, let's say let's say you're you're single and you want to be married, you know, and you, and you're you're, you're thinking, you're praying, you're imagining like what it would be like to be married. And by faith, you're putting yourself in situations where you're going to Bible studies, you're living that style of lifestyle. Not to say that like you have the power to just yank one in, you know, but you're, you're actively trying through faith to bring what you're, you're, you feel the Lord is showing you in your imagination, in your mind, in your spirit, into your life, whether it's with a relationship or a creative endeavor or a project or a ministry or, or anything like that, you know? 
it all starts there. Right. Almost like putting yourself in the situation that will cultivate an environment for that seed to grow because that's really what's happening. So even with what you're saying in terms of someone who's single, right? If you're single and you want to be with someone, but you're always home, you never go anywhere. You never expose yourself to new people, to different people. You know, I always tell people, it's like, um, you know, there's so many, there's even a, a website called meetup meetup.com. It's not a dating website. It's just like people with similar interests. Yeah. So like, if you're into running, join a running group. If you're into hiking, there's hiking groups, there's art groups, there's all sorts of even crazy groups out there. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can at least meet people who have similar interests, whether it's Christian or not, because sometimes you're going to find someone who is Christian in that group that now, you know, has a similar interest to you and you have that bond and you can form that friendship and that relationship for it to grow. Same thing with um, business endeavors. Like Mike and I are starting something now. Um, We can't make it public for numerous reasons, but so then what you do is you have to learn about that trade. You need to get into those circles. You need to understand, you need to make friends and connections because you understand that you need to cultivate everything you're seeing in your imagination. Um, There are times where God, not there are times God will empower us to do what he's called us to do as well as those things that we imagine that will glorify him. But he's not going to yank us out of the couch. (laughs) He's not going to turn off the Netflix. He's not going to, um, magically do something that you're supposed to do, right? Like there's a partnership involved. He's not gonna, he's not gonna automatically delete your playlist of music either. Correct. That's a, that's a or change part. your circle of friends. Yeah. You know, like if, if you think that God's going to have a, a woman show up to your front door and say, here is the one for you. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to wait a very, very long time. Almost never. <laughs> for you to find someone if that's what you're expecting. Um, But sometimes you can be somewhere where you are in a circle of friends and you suddenly look at someone and God will speak to your little pitter patter heart and say, see that girl right there? Yeah. She's the one, but it's because you put yourself out there. Yes. Um, So I guess, I mean, we've covered a lot of aspects on imagination. Um. I would suggest like to make this a little bit practical, I would suggest that um, though, you know, I I actually had someone, so we were, we're building something and there was a girl who I said, use your imagination to picture what you have to do. And she said, I don't have one of those. And it broke my heart because I wasn't in a place where I could now teach her. Yeah. But I was just like, I looked at her and I said, no, everyone has an imagination and she was only in high school and she mm-hmm. felt my, my imagination's broken. It doesn't work. I can't picture things. Yeah. Um, so what I want to do is offer hope to anyone who's listening or watching and just say, you do have an imagination and you're not too old. And maybe your imagination has been broken because of traumatic experiences that you may have had in your life. Maybe you've experienced a lot of loss. And when you close your eyes or you think, you find yourself in this place that's dark because all your images are not leading to some 
place of hope. And what I would encourage you to do is to invite the Holy Spirit into a process where you invite him and just simply pray because prayer is just talking and say, Holy Spirit, will you guide me through my imagination and take me to a place of hope and a place of peace? And then just close your eyes and partner with the Holy Spirit. When I started this process, um, and I think David's familiar with this, when I started this process, um, it really started off with someone guiding me through um like kind of guiding, using words to guide me into an encounter with Jesus. It was like a guided tour, let's say. Um, and it really helped me get to the place where I was before Jesus. And then from there, my imagination was able to go. Because by the time I got there, I was in this place of peace. And I knew that I was really there, even though it was only my imagination. But it wasn't only my imagination. It was much more, right? Yeah, so. Go ahead. I think, I think once you get to that place of peace, then then you can clearly ask the Lord questions and clearly hear from the Lord and let it go. And actually, now that I'm thinking back, um, when I when I was first introduced to this, the first step wasn't simply going into my imagination. It was taking and imagining all of the junk that I was carrying, like closing my eyes. This is what I was instructed to do. Close my eyes. And imagine that your hand is filled with all the junk that you have to let go of so that your imagination is pure and holy before you go in. Yeah. And then I pictured this cross and then I left my stuff at the cross. And it was interesting because there were a few people there. Some people just left their stuff at the foot of the cross. Some people actually saw hooks on the cross and they hung their stuff. Yeah. Everyone had something unique and different. I think it's all about your personality and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then once we walked through the cross, past the cross and into this beautiful pasture, I mean, it was hilarious because so many of us saw the same thing, but there were little differences. Yep. But in the end, when we got to Jesus, I mean, you could literally hear the, you know, like the emotion, like I'm yep. thinking about it just now, the emotion that each person was feeling and it ministered to them so much more than anything that you and I could ever say. Yeah. You know, it's like Jesus words, like I'd prefer yeah. Jesus words over Andrea words any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would, you know, invite Holy Spirit into the process. Don't be afraid to use your imagination to encounter God. Maybe a little bit different, but on my YouTube page, there are resources available for you. Do you have any advice before we go that you would give to someone? Um, I would say just, just, um, it, it might not happen all at once and don't get discouraged with that. Take time. And just like, just like, you know, when you were a baby believer and you were picking up that word every day and just trying to, to, to get into it and trying to understand it and trying to grow in it. I think the same is, is with, with, uh, with this, with restructuring your imagination and surrendering it to the Lord. Um, Take time just to sit, close your eyes, picture your surroundings. And then I've, I've heard a, a gentleman, his name is uh, Christopher Carter, I believe. But he walks people through an exercise where close your eyes, picture your surroundings. And then where is Jesus in that place? I love that. You and must then, share with me. And then ask yourself, what is he wearing? 
what does he look like and then ask ask him if if he should come to you or if you should go to him and just kind of walking through this in your mind mm-hmm. you know whether and 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 just be okay if it's a serious thought or if it's a silly thought or if nothing is said even you know yep. and then um ask ask him a question and see what happens you know and, so and do cool. this and do this multiple times do it multiple times even in worship you know quiet worship uh, i'll never forget one of my first encounters it was in worship at a church that i was visiting um i pictured me and the lord sitting on a, a park bench in riverside and uh, it was almost like a movie scene. I saw me and him sitting on this park bench. And I'm from like behind them, behind the both of us. And uh, I just I, I just leaned my head over and set it on Jesus's shoulder. And that was so much was said, but not even a word was said. You know, I've had those moments, David, like there's so many times where I have those moments where I just literally do exactly what you said with Jesus. And we just sit there. And it's totally enough for me. Yeah. And then he starts to take those negative pictures. He plucks them down and he replaces it, you know, and then you start to perceive the world around you in a new way because you're seeing things the way that he sees them. Yes. That's so good. So good. I like what you said about not putting pressure on yourself. It's not going to happen all at once. Um, definitely it's, um, you know, for lack of a better word, it's a practice. I think, especially if your imagination has been fractured for whatever reason, there are resources out there to kind of help guide. And then at some point you'll be able to do it all on your own. And that's really when it's very beautiful and intimate. Um, so yeah, there was one other thing I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. That's okay. Um, Yeah. So David, thank you so much for joining. I feel like this is such a huge topic. Yeah. Um, And I know that there are resources. So I'd love if you could share with me uh, the guy and then we could share it in the comments for anyone who uh, would find that to be helpful. Also in my book, um, I do walk people through having experiences like that. Yes. Um, The one in God is creator. I actually ask them to go outside and just, yeah. I don't even use imagination. I'm just like, go outside, breathe it, it in. It. I encourage people it. to do it. Yeah. And then, and then at the end of the book, I do use the whole imagination thing and, sh- and share the course and stuff for people so that um, they can have an encounter with God because the whole point of my book is not so you can know what I think, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like explore discover and experience love himself, the creator of the universe, your father, like explore him, discover him and experience him. Because once you experience him, your life will change forever. (laughs) Always, always. Well, David, thank you so much for um, joining and being with us. I'm sure we'll have other conversations and um, I look forward to meeting baby Salazar soon, soon, soon. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you everyone for watching. For watching. 
I'm so excited to announce the release of The Journey on Tuesday, November 23rd. Head over to Amazon on Tuesday to pick up your print, Kindle, or audio version. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Until next time.